The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by Hash House Agogo, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, Brew City Brand Apparel, the Food Connection LV.com, and by Mr. Antenna. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. Thank you for joining me. Actor, comedian Brad Sherwood is a very talented dude who you probably know from Whose Line Is It Anyway and The Drew Carey Show, among other things. Now Brad is headlining his own national comedy tour with Whose Line buddy Colin Mockery. Brad, welcome to the show. How's it going? Hello, Jim. Do you live here in Las Vegas? I do. I moved here about three and a half Four years ago. Oh, fantastic. I, I did not know that. And love it. you probably won't love it when it's 110 in the summer, but. <laughs> oh, I've gotten used to it. You know, right. after the first year, now when it's 100 in the summer, I'm like, oh, it's nice and cool. So 100 <laughs> would be just relaxing and cool. So I've been a longtime fan. Did improv happen first or was stand up something that you were into? Well, I. I wanted to be an actor, but I was funny and I liked comedy. So I tried stand-up twice in college, and that was just not for me. If I hadn't found improv, then I might have gone back and tried to slog it out and figure out a way to do stand-up. But I saw an improv group when I was in college. I thought, wow, that's really cool. And then when I moved out to L.A., I got into an improv class and never stopped doing improv from that day forward. It was like the clouds parted, and I could hear the angels <laughs> singing, and that was what I was meant to do. That was my calling. I really feel that was the case. I don't know if you've seen the Gary Shandling documentary that Judd Apatow did. I'm actually halfway through it. That's funny you should mention it. And I worked uh, on the Gary, It's Gary Shandling show when I first moved out uh, to L.A., but I worked in production, so I was a script runner on that show. Not that it's the case for every stand-up comedian, but it just seemed so painful. I had no idea that Gary had so many demons that he was going through. Did you see any of that yourself? I think that's that's actually true for so many stand-ups. I think there's a certain uh, loner and compulsion that you have uh, to be in that art form. And uh, almost like the nature of you having a hard time being happy is the fuel for what creative uh, outlet stand-up is, whereas improvisers, you all have to work together, and <laughs> you have to interact with the audience. So it's it's a much more gregarious and social art form, if that makes sense. You, you can't be a hermit and a recluse and relate and work with other people. It does. I get that. It's like working with the team. And, and so when the audience yells something at you guys, that's just part of it, right? You actually encourage that. Yeah, we, we get lots of suggestions from the audience, you know, and uh, it's it's about, it's about taking their suggestions and turning it into something funny. I've made the analogy that it's like the cooking show Chopped. We open the basket and there's a bunch of questionable suggestions from the audience about <laughs> the way to turn into a delicious <laughs> evening of comedy somehow without making people throw up. I think part of the, uh, you know, one of the best parts of the whole thing is the look on yours and Colin's faces when somebody does suggest something. and There's almost this one second look of panic. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, people <laughs> say, you know, does it ever get easier? And, you know, we have the confidence of having done it for, we've both done it now for at least 30 years that right. we know we can do it. 
But every single night, it's still a, oh, my God, we don't know what we're going to do tonight. And every time you get a big laugh, that's great. And after the laugh is over, it's dry erase board, and you are starting over from scratch. It's not like a stand-up act where you're like, okay, I'm getting to this part, which is the great part of my act, and then I know I have these jokes, and here's my out. You know, They, they are on a pre-planned roller coaster where they're taking the audience on this journey. We are in a in a in the dark looking for a light switch. So <laughs> it's just totally it's a totally different animal. So you can't rest on your laurels like ah oh, that was a great laugh because the moment you start thinking that the show is over. And it must also kind of keep it fresh for you guys. Oh, it, it never is not fresh. Even when we're playing the same sort of list of uh, games in the show, we're getting different suggestions. We're getting different people on stage. So last night it was about you know a crocodile. Uh, and going on a spaceship, and tomorrow night it's going to be about you know bunnies invading the universe while you're trying to save the queen from a tornado. There's no way to pre-plan all the eventualities of how to make it funny because you can't like you can't pre-write up all these different uh, scenarios. You and Colin out on the uh, scared scriptless tour. Whose name is on the marquee first? Oh, Colin is always first. I say age before beauty. <laughs> I always respond, pearls before swine. Right. Classic response. Back in the uh, whose line is it anyway days, I marveled at how perfect it all turned out and everything. But then I, I mean, I read that you guys recorded really so many games per episode to, to kind of narrow it down to what worked best. Yeah, they would shoot, uh, for one episode, we would shoot about 23, 24 games. The producers out of that wanted to try and get like seven that worked. But what happened is, uh, you know, some nights it just went so well that we, I, I remember one year uh, uh, during a taping, we got four episodes out of one taping because everything worked and it was and they were funny. So they don't, yeah, they really have to be funny to make the grade. But generally, uh, in all the years I've done it, I've gotten at least two episodes out of every taping and sometimes three and one time four. And that's why, uh, if you're watching the show, you're like, I haven't seen this episode, but I've seen that shirt. (laughs) Because that show got edited into two or three shows. And at the end of the show, after we've shot everything, the producers will then take two more good evening and, and have Drew or Aisha come down the stairs and intro us with different intros so that we have different, you know, so that they don't have the same opening for uh, two episodes where we're wearing the same clothes. Do you remember your first experience doing improv? Because it is such a fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants the type of a deal. Yeah, I remember I, I went to an improv workshop. A guy I was working with in TV, uh, in, in TV production, said, you should check out this improv class. I think you'd be good at it. And uh, so I went and I sat in on the class and got up and did something. And it was like I was immediately proficient. I didn't even have to learn what I'm what sort of the fundamentals of it are. I just yeah. naturally had the instinct. And it's because, you know, I was a funny kid and I didn't memorize jokes. I would just sit and be with my friends and listen to what they were saying and synthesize some funny comments based on what was being talked about. So I had been intellectually doing improv my entire life because I wanted to make my friends laugh. Since you are here in Las Vegas, you know, I'm sure that Roger Daltrey was here recently. I went to see him in concert and was fantastic, by the way. But you do an impersonation of Roger Daltrey. Is that possible to do that over the phone for me right now? I actually, 
I actually don't do Roger Daltrey. I, oh, I did, okay. If I ever did him in the show, I, I did uh, Springsteen and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's written down here, Mick Jagger and Bob Dylan. and Yes, Mick, Mick Jagger, yeah. So uh, that is a latent uh, ability that I didn't even know I had. You know, I'm sort of listed <laughs> on my skill set now, right. uh, but I, did, I never had a, pa- a packet of impressions that I carried around as a, a sort of part of my comic tool bag. But we were, you know, doing shows, and uh, the, we had like a a uh, musical production meeting where they were trying to they won for greatest hits to try a bunch of different styles. And they said, "Can you do a uh, Bob Dylan?" Because the producers were English, and I, <laughs> I, I gave it a try. They started playing some music, and I just started improvising a Dylan song. And like, "Oh, that's great!" Well, what about Bruce Springsteen? So I just, they just sort of uncovered my ability to just like kind of approximate uh, certain voices. And then all of a sudden they, you know, were teeing up all these things. So yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I used to do Kermit the Frog, but that was that was about <laughs> it. I was practicing impressions my whole life. The tour itself, where will it take you uh, this spring? Uh, we are all over the place, which is really fun. Uh, this spring we're going to be in. Uh, we're going in April. We're going to Minnesota, Austin, Texas, Red Bank, New Jersey, Bensalem, uh, PA, Wheeling, Virginia, and then. And Schenectady, New York, and Frederick, Maryland. So we're all over the place. We mostly do corporates here in Vegas. You know, there's obviously so many conventions and corporate right. retreats that happen here that uh, generally, uh, that's we've we've done a couple of sit down weekends here in the past, but it's been a while. At uh, the Hilton before it was the Westgate, and we played at the Rio, and and then we used to do Super Bowl weekends with Drew and the Who's Line Gang years ago. Yeah. You should play that every Super Bowl weekend, either at Caesars or MGM. Well, it's the Scared Scriptless Tour with Brad Sherwood and Colin Mockery. Hopefully, we get to see you somewhere near here. But if not, all of you around the country, you're going to have a great time at this show. So great talking to you, Brad. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And and, uh, I will uh, talk to you when when we have a casino date here uh, coming up. I keep telling our uh, booking guy, hey, I live here now. Now can we just... Vegas shows? Yeah, set up a residency, right? Vegas is not starved for entertainment. Like, you know, we go to basically outposts in the great Midwest and the Great Lakes area in the middle of winter where people, you know, are like squirrels peeking their heads out of a tree and we perform for them. <laughs> that you is know, true. It's like a USO tour. We're going to places where they need to laugh. Brad, so nice to talk to you, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, hopefully. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Right, Brad. Bye-bye. Look for Brad Sherwood and Colin Mockery at a venue near you. And thank you for sharing and liking our Fake Show Facebook and Twitter pages. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Take the Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes.